your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show podcast presented by TheSwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.J. Smooth. I first want to start by thanking everybody who listened and watched the Mason Willingham video. I know over on the YouTube channel, it is almost at 100 views about 48 hours later. So I'm very pleased about that. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Mason. Uh, this is the first of what we have two scheduled this week. Well, you should be hearing this on Wednesday. I have another interview scheduled. I'm not quite sure when I want to put it out, given the timing of the actual interview itself taking place. But uh, just know that uh, that between now and Monday, there should be two episodes dropping. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my guest now. I'm joined by new University of Central Oklahoma wide receiver, Danny Armstead. Danny, thank you for taking time this evening to come on and talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Yes, sir. My name is Danny Armstead. I'm originally from Broken Air, Oklahoma. And then I moved with my parents to Plano, Texas in fifth grade. And then moved back to Broken Air on my junior year spring ball. Tried to play for Broken Air and then had some issues eligibility issue, so I had to come back right before the season and play for Plano East High School and then ended up going to Central Arkansas D1 FCS out of high school and then hit the portal. And then I had a lot of uh, offers and then ended up UCL was home for me. Uh, now, so you mentioned you're originally from Broken Arrow. Uh, anybody that follows high school football in, in this state knows what, what Broken Arrow, what kind of program that is. So what was it, what was it like kind of growing up in that community with a a program of that magnitude. It's big, like Broken Arrow, it just gets you prepared for the next level. And you know, a lot of people don't understand about Broken Arrow, like the top tier of Oklahoma football, like Owasso Jinx Union, their facilities and their coaches can coach at the D1 level. Like Broken Arrow's facilities were better than my FCS D1 facilities. The head, the just the position coaches knew just as much as the D1 coaches. and. It was just not a big adjustment. Like I, I got there and I knew the techniques. I knew the the what the schemes were, and I like I I could like it was easy to come in and play right away. Uh, and then you mentioned that you you ended up moving to to Plano, Texas. So now what what was that adjustment like for you? It was adjustment. I mean, Dallas is a lot more fast paced than Broken Arrow. You know, Tulsa. You think you still close to the city, like you think you live in, but when you get to Dallas suburb area it's like it's different everything's broken arrow everything's union everything's jinx everything's 
real like nice, you know, every city has what you need, a mall, Whataburger, Chick-fil-A, Walmart, you know, but it, it was an adjustment. But coming from Broken Arrow, the high population school-wise, I mean, doing six at Texas, it wasn't too much. Just maybe less, definitely less country for sure. And, and and from a from a fo- football standpoint, because Texas is a state that takes its football very 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 seriously. So, what was it? What was it like playing high school football in Texas? Um, it was it was going to Broken Arrow my junior year of spring ball. It didn't it didn't seem like a too big difference. You know, the top tier Oklahoma can compete with anybody in the state of Texas. I feel like so. You know, like my school, we were up and down every year. You know, my the, my junior year we. Go, lost in the first round of the playoffs and then my senior year real bad record so but Texas high school football is definitely what it means like every given Friday you're gonna have to put it all out there every team's gonna have D1 commits every team gonna have big stadiums you know the stadiums I played Texas high school football are bigger than the ones I played at the FCS level so my high school stadium can compete with any D1 FCS stadium you know everything's really top tier um, and then uh, I know you you mentioned before you've got to come on here now that that you 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 tried to go back to Broken Arrow, uh, and you weren't able to. So now, what what kind of was that whole experience like? Here you are, you're moving back from Texas to Broken Arrow. You're there for a little bit. You learn you you have to go back to Texas in order to play. What was that experience like? It was it was definitely a lot at once. You know, like. Broken Arrow will always have, like, a special place in my heart, you know? And I really wish I could have lived my whole life there. Like, all the memories, the friendships I have. I even know people at UCL just from when I was younger at Broken Arrow. And it's just like, Oklahoma's always felt like home deep down, even though I know Texas a lot more. So it was really fun to go back for around eight months, just get in touch with all my friends, you know? I felt like I was at home again, you know? It's just a good vibe, very friendly family vibe, you know, everything. Texas is so much, so much going on. So many people, it's kind of like next in line or you don't really know people going to Walmart. You don't see people, you just see different people every day. So it was just different there, but definitely the hard part for me was I did half a spring ball, half a fall camp for Broken Arrow until I got the news. So when I came back to Plano East, I'm starting from last string. We don't care if you were already starting here. You got to earn it back. I come from fifth string to first string around mid season. So it was a lot of like waiting for my opportunity, making the best of it. When I get in, make a big play, and then eventually I just started the rest of the season. But that definitely made me earn it back. So, so, so now, now, how tough was that when you came back? Because obviously you were starting, and then now you're back at the bottom of the totem pole. But knowing you should be starting, like, how did you kind of like humble yourself in order to get back that starting spot? I always knew that if I controlled what I needed to control, I was going to be fine because I knew where the depth chart was when I left. And I knew if I came back, like there was a lot of kids that like I know for sure, like it would give me a week and I would already be back at third and then back at second. So it was a lot of like just controlling what I can and then letting people realize that like I should probably be starting no matter that I came like mid like the beginning of the semester back. And and you mentioned earlier about about did you you just had to make the most of the opportunities when they presented it. So, but like uh, some people might press in that situation, like okay, I'm only going to get five snaps. I have to make the most of these five snaps. How did you kind of be be able to not put as much pressure on yourself to go out there and execute at a high level when your when your number was called? 
Yeah, it's definitely hard because my two older brothers, they play uh, D1 football, FCS, full-ride scholarship. So, you know, I was trying to be next in line. And, you know, going out there, first game, special teams, one series. And it was like the series I got in, it was blocking. It was like, man, like it was hard. But eventually, over the games progressed, it was one series, three series, five series, start. So eventually, it was just go in, catch the ball, get as many yards as I can. And let the coaching staff know that when I get in, I'm going to make the best opportunity. And then eventually they realize, like, we got to keep that dude out there. So I didn't have the best staff in high school because I had to earn my starting role. But I think the college coaches, they, they a lot of the college coaches that re recruited me, seen me do spring ball at Broken Arrow. So they were like, we kind of know what we're getting. Like, I know you're seeing your film, but we know what we're getting after spring ball because I was just making plays over plays against top tier talent on Broken Arrow. You know, Miles Slusher, they got a bunch of kids that did really good. I don't know if you know him, but. Yeah, they put out a lot of talent. So me just going against those people in spring ball, it was already enough for them. And and, and when I, because I did, I did, I did watch your senior film. I was stuck out to me. You were really effective in the return game. Now I know, like I feel like people might just think it's really easy. You just field the ball and you just you run as fast as you can. But just like, <laughs> like there's, there's obviously there's obviously a science to it. You have to have vision. You have to know where the holes are. You have to know. Whether or not, okay, do I forecast this? Do I kneel it? Do I take the chance? So could you just like walk the people who might not know, kind of just explain how tough that returner role is? It's it, it's tough for a lot of people, and then it's not tough for a lot of people. It's, it's I feel like it's a real big like imbalance. It's like I've been playing since I was like five, you know, INFC, Broken Arrow Tigers. Like I'm out there. Uh, youth league playing for BA Black, BA Gold, BA Silver, kick return, running back. I'm doing everything. So me playing from since I was so young, you just have like that football it factor when you get the ball in your hands, make everybody miss. And like I went from running back to receiver and it was an adjustment. But just by like having running back in my background, there's a certain thing when you get the ball, make someone miss, make someone miss, truck, stiff arm, juke, uh, step back, keep going, go faster, lead them on, like all that stuff. And like return it is like get the ball in your hand, it's back up. you playing running back. Just make people miss. Go this way. Go that way. It's more of that stuff. And, and, and like, how do you know, I guess, when to – how do you know when to make a return and when to just fair catch it or kneel it? Like, what, what do you have to see in that split second that tells you, okay, I can make something happen here, or no, I better just fair catch or just take this touchback? You kind of get a feel for the game. It's more like when they kick it, if it's like in the air a long time and you see the people coming down way too fast, it's like, I'm not, I'm going to catch and get hit. So like fair catch. And then sometimes when you have that, like, I need a spark play. We need a spark play. It ain't stay in the air too long. Everybody's trying to block for real. You kind of just get it and we out to the races. Uh, you mentioned that you, you made the move from running back to wide receiver. What was the hardest part of that transition? Uh, the hardest part was more in, in, until you get to like senior high varsity JV, a lot of receivers block, you know, like middle school, freshman team, you're out there receiver, but you might throw one fade a game. So it wasn't too much. Get the ball in your hands and space and go. So I had to learn to like, still like try to progress at receiver instead of just doing, cause a lot of like younger is like jet sweeps, bubbles, not running routes for us. So. I had to still, like, try to progress my technique, my route running, even though in little, like, kind of, like, down levels, you're just doing, like, jet sweeps and, like, hits routes and bubbles. 
And, and and how long would you say it took you to, to kind of feel comfortable in that wide receiver in, in that wide receiver role? Probably like two years. Probably like two two years just playing slot. And then I had a big growth spurt right before my junior year. And then went to outside and outside. It's a lot different. It's more like press man, throw the ball up. I'm just gonna take it take it from you. A lot of one-on-one press, get open on this route. Scott's more like find your opening in the in the defense, bubbles, short routes, do something with it. So it was an adjustment just like moving outside just because I'm getting bigger. But I can definitely go back to slot. I can do both. I've already talked to the coaching staff about doing both, you know, so I'm comfortable with both for sure. Now, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the outside or do you prefer the slot? I, I, prefer, I prefer outside. I like slot more, but I feel like I'm – I. I like my skills are better for outside, but I can definitely come in the slot just because my routes, you know, I can definitely do slot too, but I'm more comfortable by just doing straight slot for, for my last school. I mean, straight outside from my last school that I got real comfortable. Like I learned how to get open at outside. So, but I can definitely go back to slot if I if need to be. Uh, now you mentioned that now, because you mentioned that obviously your, your senior year, you kind of had to earn your playing time. So the film wasn't what you would have hoped, but you were still getting recruited based off the spring you had at Broken Arrow. So what was that initial recruiting process like for you? And how did you decide that Central Arkansas was the school you wanted to start your, your career at? Man, playing 6A Texas, you would think that all the colleges come to spring ball to watch, but a lot of coaches call before coming to your school and being like, do you have any, do you have any big time dudes? And Plano East, the year before me, we had a bunch of people go D1, you know, basically the whole receiver court went somewhere and played. So, and they went to the playoffs. So my junior year spring ball at Plano East, it was like, I see Alabama there, OU there, OSU there, Texas, Oregon, LSU, all the coaches coming. And then I went, I, I heard that the spring ball I did at Broken Arrow that, the, there was only D2 coaches that really came and swung by. So when I went to Broken Arrow, you know, Broken Arrow, they can keep compete with anybody. You know, Alabama there. I've seen OU offensive coordinator, LSU head coach. I've seen everybody there. So Broken Arrow gives you the platform to make plays in front of big-time FBS Power 5 coaches. So it was just about when they're, when they're at practice, making a one-hand catch. One-on-one is going 100%. A team blocking downfield, making every catch that's thrown to you. And a lot of the coaches are like, you make a play, they look at you and write your name down. And you get a follow on Twitter the next day. So it's just Broken Arrow gave me the platform to like get shown by a lot of coaches. So and, and and what was it about Central Arkansas that made you decide that that's where you wanted to sign? Yeah, I had uh Central Arkansas, it just everything felt right. You know, they had a I like the I like the stadium, you know, they have the stripes, you know, I had a good relationship with the uh receiver coach there. And, you know, I felt like they were going to give me an opportunity to just compete at a high level. And, you know, it wasn't too far from home. You know, Texas, Arkansas, maybe four hours. So it, it was just a good fit. You know, D- Division One football, it was just – it was good. And then ended up in the portal. So, you know, everything didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But, yep, definitely worth – yeah. And, and now, now you you signed in, in the uh, 2020. Obviously, it was the pandemic, the COVID year. What was that experience like? Because here you are, you're moving to your third stage. You're starting at a new school. You're, you're a freshman trying to, to make a name for himself. And then you get hit with that. So what was that experience like? 
Yes, Central Arkansas was one of the only FCS schools to play a full schedule. A lot of teams were playing two games, no games. I think UCL did a scrimmage. So my school was one of the lucky schools that like had a full season schedule. We we wanted a full season so bad we played teams twice, like a bunch of teams twice. We played Missouri State twice, Eastern Kentucky twice. We, we just wanted to schedule. We even played uh, Missouri Western, the D2 school in the WMIA, just to have a full schedule, you know. It was, I, I was just lucky to be a part of a team that had a full schedule during COVID. You know, they handled it real well. You know, wasn't too many cases. And it was just, even though I registered it, it was still fun to like ha- feel like it was just a full season. So, now, now, now you, you, you mentioned the game against Missouri Western. Now, uh, one of your new teammates, Kellen Culberson, he was at Stephen F. Austin during the pandemic. They played, I believe it was Pitt State. And I remember him saying that a lot of his teammates were kind of surprised by the level of talent that they that that they that they faced. Was it a similar experience for for you guys in terms of some guys being surprised that maybe Missouri Western was better than they had thought, just given that they were a D two program? Man, I remember it like it was yesterday. The first drive, you would have thought Missouri Western was a top FCS program. They they started on like the twenty fifteen. Just a 15 play, just get in third down, just drive it down. Plays, it was third and one. You knew they were running it. Dive, they ran it first down. It was like stuff like that. It was just like, you're doing what you want. You're just like taking it down the field. And then for the first two drives, they scored. I think we didn't score. And then after a while, you can tell like the depth issue, more like their backups. Like when they had to put backups in, it was kind of like a drop off. So I think that's really when UCA kind of had like a big like, like it turned the game. So like when when it came to depth, you could see the difference. But definitely like the starting size and skill wise, it wasn't a drop off. So if they just had if if there was more depth, like the starters were it wasn't a drop off second string, then they would have definitely kept in the game. Uh and then so we get past COVID year, it's it's not it's last season. It was last season. Uh you're final you're off red shirt, you're finally able to play. Um, what, like, so what, what was that, what was that first game like where there was a chance you, you would get in the, the ball game instead of just knowing that I'm here supporting my teammate? Yeah, you know, it's, it's always a good feeling to know that you have a chance, but, you know, it was hard just, like, trying to, like, hear, get on special teams, do special teams, special teams, and, you know, even though I'm a rest or freshman, I'm trying to get in there and play, like, first string, and I was, Fortunate, unfortunate to have two top All-American receivers on my ball club. One's in the had a mini camp with the Jaguars and Juan Winningham, and then the other Tyler Hudson transferred to Louisville, and now he's going to go to the NFL. So after our first string, no one really else got a chance to get in the game. So it was all about like getting in on special teams, just being a supportive team player, and you know that's what it was about. So. And so at some point after the season, you decide to enter the portal. So what went into that decision for you? Yeah, you know, so the receiver coach that recruited me at Central Arkansas, he left after that season. So they brought a new position coach in, and I just felt like it was a good opportunity for me to get out and just see what else is out there for me, you know. I felt like I was kind of stuck, and, you know, I just wanted to change the scenery. And it was it was definitely a great decision for my mental health, too, just to get out of there and just find find a new home for me. And and now because the the the, the portal gets 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 tossed around as this big scary 
void where you might go in and you might not come out. So what was your experience like being in the port? Yeah, so I knew I was thinking the same thing. And, you know, there's going to be people in my situation that are at a higher level. So there's going to be people that hit the portal at FBS, Alabama, OU, OSU, that enter the portal. So what's going to – so I just felt like I wanted to get a head start on those guys of, of getting in the portal. So I, I entered the portal earlier. And uh, just giving us like a week, they, they put the date for FCS players to hit the portal. I think it was the 21st of November. And then FBS guys was December 5th. So just entering the first date possible, the 21st of November, and just DMing all the coaches that recruited me at high school, texting all the coaches I said no to in high school, texting every coach on my contact list, DMing every coach on, that followed me on Twitter. You know, it's, it's a grind, like staying up till 2 a.m., texting coaches the same, copy and paste. Can you look at my film, coach, please? I'm interested. It's a lot. Following all these coaches, it's, it's a lot. It's definitely like having a part-time job. But at the end of the day, I, I handled the transfer portal excellent because there was I, I reached out to a lot of coaches and got a lot of feedback. So I definitely like handled it a lot better than a lot of kids. A lot of kids think into the portal and everybody's going to call my number out of nowhere. But there's 3,000 kids in there, so you're going to have to hit the coaches up first. But a lot of coaches, they don't they – don't, a lot of players, they don't understand. So, so that, so that, so at at some point during that that process, UCO rose above the rest. So, what was it about UCO that that stuck out to you the most? You know, UCO, it just feels like a, a great spot for me. Like everything is top tier. Like UCO's facilities, top tier. The coaching staff's top tier. Coach Doro's definitely top tier. He knows how to win at this level to the highest ability. You know, their coaches have D1 experience. Coach Curley, Coach Abilene Christian, D- D1, you know, Coach Gilbert played Kansas State, Ball State. You know, he's been everywhere you need to know. Like, coaching staff is top tier. Facilities are better than the D1 schools that I have visited. This, they have a lot of students. You know, they have more students in the school I came from, Division One school. You know, everything's just top tier. And I'm really surprised they're not a D1 school based off what I've seen. And but yeah, UCO just felt like home. I took my official visit. You know, the coaching staff very loving, caring, you know, the, the scheme, it just fit me, you know. Everything just felt right. Everything clicked. You know, I love the city. The the players I met on the team are so welcoming, you know. I feel like I get along with those guys and everything just felt a little too good to be true. But I'm I'm definitely gonna go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I, I I normally I normally ask, you know, like what 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 can what can what can UCO fans expect to see out of you? But watching your Central Arkansas tape, uh I feel like they're gonna see a guy that's gonna just go up there and go get the ball. I mean, I there was catches. Right. I'm not gonna lie to you, Daddy. I, I was like, I, what, what, I mean, we just going one hands and contest the game. Yeah. I'm sitting here baffled. <laughs> like, what, what? I was just like, wait a minute now, this, this, this can't be right. So is so uh, given that that now, so because you're 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 joining a very good receiving core, returning a lot of players. So what can UCO fans expect to see out of Danny Armstead in the UCO uniform. Sir, my my goal is 
to come here and compete right away, you know, start, make plays, you know, when my number's called, make a catch, you know, third and long, everybody knows that someone has to get open. I want to be that guy, come in and make a play, you know, just uh, hit the top off the defense, deep plays, deep shots, you know, third and long, just getting the comeback, getting it to me, getting, getting it to me in space, you know, all that, just helping the receiver core so far, you know, they already got great players, you know, number one, he's a great player. Uh, Ridge is a good player, you know. Uh, TD is a good player, so maybe just that fourth guy to come in and maybe go four receivers and just be able to hit it across the across the uh, field, you know. And I feel like that's what I can do. For sure. And and, and, you, and it comes the right place because your quarterback, Stephon Brown, uh, one of the most exciting quarterbacks, not only in the conference but 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 in in the country. Very good arm, elite arm. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned number one, Jacob Delso. Uh, he was a transfer just like you last year. Uh, kind of came in unknown and then left the season feeling like he's he's one of the better options. Uh, I just I I really I really like the core. I feel like there's a good mixture. There's there's deep threats. There's guys like you that can do both. Guys like Jacob that that can that can do both. There's Madison, more of a physically opposing looking looking yes. guy. Uh, so I, I I'm definitely I'm definitely excited to see what you all do. Um, but then you mentioned your your the 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 the, the, the relationship with Coach Curley. What did, what was it about Coach Curley that kind of stood out to you the most? Uh, he he really knows what he's talking about, and a lot of the coaches like they know how to get you to come. They know what you want to hear. They know what to say. But Coach Curley, he knows more than that. He knows how to coach receivers. He played receiver at a high level. At the school he was at, he broke records at that school. He knows the technique. He knows the scheme. You know, he even helps call plays. He knows he knows a lot about football, and he can develop receivers. And he can just teach me a lot, just getting the small time I have with him on my visit. He knows what he's talking about, and I feel like he can definitely develop me from beyond what I, where I'm already at. And he's yeah. young too, so he he know he he know how to relate to young younger players, and not just like get on them and get on them when it's time, but also like know how to talk to people. Now, now, now! I know. Uh, just talking to Coach Coach Curley, he's he's big on blocking. Now, I know a lot of receivers don't necessarily like to block. Where do you kind of fall in that? Like, is it more of eh, I'll block because I have to, or do you kind of enjoy blocking? You know, I enjoy blo- pancake blocking, but it's harder than it seems. You know, there was games in high school and even in college where you know you can pancake that guy, so you're gonna do it anyways. But, you know, blocking is definitely not my favorite because I want to catch the ball. But I know how to get it done when it's needed. And there's a lot of techniques to block without getting hurt or using all your strength. So maybe just run off the guy, have the right angle, have the right technique. It, it don't take all the strength or, like, want to at all. But I know when I have to, like, put my hat down and take someone down. So. And, and you 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 mentioned you mentioned catching. I, I just there's several clips I saw where you found just was mossing defenders. So now like what? Okay, so now like what? Because I, I it I don't want to say how because obviously I'm seeing how. But like how do you kind of when the balls in the air? How are you kind of judging on how to how to attack the ball? How to attack the defensive back? Because that that that's a split second decision when that ball's in the air. So how? So what is that? What is that process like for you? In high school, I realized that catch mossing and all that is just about one two. 
It's about jumping up as high as you can and being the one that takes it down. It's all up here. I mean, my hands are super big. I wear 4XL. But at the end of the day, it's all about just wanting to go get the ball. And I realized once once I realized that all you have to do is just want the ball more, you'll, you'll make some crazy catches, some crazy catches. And it's all about you see the ball, it's just going and getting it. And it's not really technique, like form, you know. You can teach that, but it's all about winning the ball. Like, it's really simple. It's all about winning the ball and being the one that's going to take it down. A lot of the catches, it's just like the corner don't want it bad enough, and I want it way better. So a lot of the time, it's just I'm going to go get the ball and take down with it because I'm here to make plays. Like, I don't have no room for error. I'm here, I'm here to take the ball. Like, it's it's kind of like fighting, like a split-second fighting. Like, I'm, I want it better than you. <laughs> Now, now, my final football-related question for you. Now, I saw you had that one-handed catch. Uh, I just I, – because the reach on that catch, I, I, I just – I'm sitting there and I was like, no, I did not see that. So I rerounded, yeah. and yeah. sure enough, you just – like, how, I mean – like how, how I mean how, how are we doing that? Because you 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 weren't even straight. You were like falling backwards. Oh. You reached and you got it with the like. How are you maintaining control? Like I, I feel like that's kind of overlooked in receivers. Like this is immaculate body control. So like how are you able to contort your body like that and still make an impressive catch like that? Yeah, so that's a little bit different than Mossing. That's just me knowing like my body. And a lot of people, you know, don't wear 4XL gloves. And a lot of people, you know, don't have, like, longer arms than me. So I knew all I had to do was put my arm out there and I was going to take it down. A lot of balls, I know I can catch one-handed, but I don't want to hear from the coaches, like, two hands, start trying to look pretty. But that's that's one of them balls that's, like, only one hand going to get it, only one arm going to reach out there. And I, I knew I was going to catch that. So, But that was definitely one of my best catches ever at all time. Like, I wasn't even surprised. It was, I just did this all got. I knew I knew I had it. Now, okay, now, now when you go with the one hand, like you said, that that's not necessarily the most popular thing among coaches. So, how do you decide? Okay, this might be an opportunity for me to take the risk and go for the one-handed catch. Yeah, so a lot of that is very risky. There's been a lot of balls where I knew, like, I can easily one-hand this, but I don't want to be a show-off. But that ball is like. If you stick two hands out there, you probably dropping that because it was so far behind. So I knew the best way I was gonna catch that ball was one arm, and it was, it was like at that point it was like I'm gonna stick one hand, and if you get mad, like that wasn't even supposed to get caught. That ball, you can agree, it wasn't even supposed to get caught. So me just having the effort to stick the hand out is like, hey. So that's more what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, before I get you get you out of here, we do this with with all of you guys, kind of more get to know you type questions. Uh, so your your favorite sports team can be any sport. Easily. The uh, New Orleans Saints, Oklahoma State Thunder. Okay, now I have to ask, as a Saints fan, are we on the Jameis Winston train? Jameis Winston's back is hurt. So we don't know. Like last year he did real good. This year he had like broken ribs, I think, and some and like broken back. I don't know. It was one of them. And he hasn't played since. And Andy Dalton is, everybody knows he's a backup quarterback. So I know we're four and eight. I think four and nine now, but that's Andy Dalton. But I feel like Sean Payton might come back next year. You know, he said the Saints is his top team. If he comes back and coaches, that changes everything. You know, play calling. Sean Payton went nine and eight with Trevor Simeon last year. So he get James Winston back. 
you don't know. And then if we get everybody back on defense, we stay healthy, we're an older team, maybe draft a young quarterback in the second round. We don't have our first-round pick. Maybe get Anthony Richardson, early first-round pick, you know. Just I want us to just run it back and not rebuild because we have too many guys that are just real close to their peak. You know, Lattimore, you know, Cameron Jordan. Uh, uh, they got uh, Davis, I think. Yeah, the linebacker, you know. They got Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, Michael Thomas hitting 30, you know. Jarvis Landry getting older. Everybody's kind of at their peak, so I don't think we should just blow it up yet. So, so Matt, how many years should they give it before they just say, you know what, we had a good run, but we got to start this over? Because right now, that's kind of where my Steelers are at. We're getting to that point where it's like, we might got to just go ahead and blow this thing up. So, so like, at what point do you feel like that needs to be the move for the Saints? I've been seeing the Saints being the winning program for so long. It's, it's going to be hard to see them just rebuild. But I say... If we can't get it done next year, we're definitely need to rebuild it because everybody's getting way too old to keep it going. So I would say next year, depending if we make playoffs, if we don't, I say trade all our top players like Michael Thomas and them. But if we, if we, we might, we might do some next year. We get Sean Payton and everybody back. James Winston starting to send Andy Dalton. We might, we might do some. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now your favorite Saints player. <sighs> Man. My favorite player was C.D. Deuce, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but he got traded, bro. Like, I don't know why they traded that dude. He was our spark player. He was our team captain. He's standing on everything. He, Everybody knew that's our guy. If you want to see the Saints, we're putting him in front. And I was mad they traded him. But after he left, you know, everybody just kind of the same for me. Maybe Rashid, Rashid Shahid, he's, he's kind of like a spark young receiver. That's maybe my favorite. But after Chauncey Gardner-Johnson left, I really ain't. Had a favorite. Okay. Okay. See, um, your your favorite hobby outside of football? NCAA 14. Easy. Easy. I have it in my room right now. I play every day. I'm in like a 15-year dynasty, you know, using Idaho, the worst team. I, I what's funny is I rebuild them. I I made uh I made a team full of walk-ons, you know. That, that game get too easy playing on Heisman. You got to make it so hard just to have fun. So, you know, I'm playing independent uh, schedule, playing Alabama, LSU, Ohio State at third place every week. You know how that gets. So, NSA 14 all day. Everybody try to play me in Madden 2K. No, I'm playing NSA 14. So, yeah. See, see I, I'm glad to hear. It. See, I bring up that's about the only game I play too as well. Only reason yep. why I still have my 360. And everybody kind of, kind of like looks at me crazy. But like that, to me, that's the last really good football game. Like, thank you. Madden the past decade has just not been it, and I'm like, yes, I get the game. <laughs> the game's like eight years old, and I'm like, I, I, but it's still really good. Now I do have to ask. Now, because you mentioned you're building up Idaho. Now, are we low lock cheesing though in recruiting? Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, oh, Dad, come, Dad, come on. You know you can't. <laughs> it's too. It's it's hard not to. It's hard. It's hard not to. You gotta you gotta have some house rules, man. You gotta say, all right, I'm only going to recruit the guys in my top ten or my top three. Sometimes. You know, when you, Sometimes I play and make rules where, like, I can only recruit this state or three stars and down. Or oh, I did a rec- I did one where I only recruited straight athletes. 
So my O line and D line was bad, but I'll be doing sometimes doing some rules by Idaho. Uh, I'm trying to compete with Alabama real quick, so I had to go get those five stars with no offers, man. I had to get them. Oh, that, oh, that that's brutal, Danny. <laughs> yeah, had to. Yeah, now are we are we using the updated rosters, or do you still still use the default rosters? I use the updated, but I'm trying to figure out how to get the uh, revamped the mod. Yeah, yeah, the revamped. Yeah, someone told me I had to send my Xbox to like Nevada and pay like two hundred dollars. I'm not doing all that. Like, if I come there and you can help me figure out the revamp, I would pay you. But it's not like too much stuff. Yeah, I don't know either because I'm also on the Xbox because my my PS3 version decided it wanted to like glitch out on me. So okay, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm stuck with the default game as well. I just I just I just got the updated rosters and thankfully before Team Builder completely like shut down, shut down. Yeah. I I snagged I snagged the Georgia Southern, an App State, and a Coastal Team Builder. So mm-hmm. I'm able to just replace. Uh, I think it's New Mexico State, Idaho, and UMass with yeah. the, with them, and then just edit the coaches. But yeah, no, I yeah, I don't know. That's that's also above me. But you can't be now. Now, do we use sliders though? It depends what league. It depends what league. Like if I'm using my if I'm using a good team, I have the sliders to help them. But Idaho, you know, everything 50, 50, 50 for right now. I'm still trying to get my team right, you know. So, no, you got. I mean, but you got to put the slot there. You got to put the sliders in there to get the challenge, though. Now, I'm on Heisman with Idaho. I'm still <laughs> in the early stages of rebuild. You know, I only get hey. 500 points. I don't got the 700 yet. You know, I'm still early in the coaches stuff, so I can't get all the five stars. Just some. That's just the, now, okay. Now, what? Now, it, it, now I don't know where you get your sliders from. I don't know if you you uh. I mean, or if you get the rosters, you must know Operation Sports, the the, the website that, that you can find the roster. So now, when you do use sliders, it, which slider set are you rocking? I kind of just you. I looked up on YouTube one day which which sliders, and I kind of like just like put them to where they had them. I didn't really look too much into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, I'm also an NCAA gamer. I currently, ha- I currently have a. I don't want to say it's like a like a throwaway dynasty, but it's like a a kill time dynasty until like I have more time to seriously put into a dynasty with uh, default roster in Mexico State. I think I'm three and zero or near default sliders, but I'm not low lock cheesing. I'm looking at guys in my top three and guys in the state of Mexico, and let me tell you, I found a 68 overall tackle, and it was about to cry tears of joy. Uh, so, <laughs> still I'm not a New Mexico uh, dynasty, but I try to do a lot where only New Mexico athletes, and there's not enough that come on the game. They come with, like, 10. With like- yeah, see, see, what you got to do in that case is, like, what I would do is just choose, like, all the states that don't generate a lot. So, I'd be, like, New Mexico... Idaho, Dakotas, Dakota. Idaho, Maine, like Connecticut, like all of those. And it would give you a decent pool yeah. to where, like, hopefully you could fill out at least a starting on offense and defense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, because I think I, I've got under bed. So I have an Alaska team builder. I'm thinking about doing an all walk-on for that and uh, seeing how, how how that goes. But. And you yep. can't, you can't, you can't low lock cheat. Okay, now 
I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that your playbook does not consist of read options and four verts. Nah, my playbook is all multiple. I got, I got information, four tight ends, two, uh, I got spread it out five wide. I got full house pistol. I got spread. I got three tight ends, two, two fullbacks. I got all of it. I got, I, I like to play like I can flip from five receivers to no receivers. I like that kind of stuff. Definitely when you're playing other people and you can get third and one, just run power dive with like a bunch of fullbacks and then you can go back to four verse five wide. Then I have, of course, the read option. I don't got the uh, wing T read option, but I got the like spread just wing uh, read option stuff for sure. Now, I give you I give you credit for using the fullbacks because, as you know, in recruiting that unless they have you first. It, like yeah. everybody offers the fullbacks in the first. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a full. Like I, listen, I, I get it's a fullback. I don't mean any disrespect. Usually has a very good one in Andrew Corning. but it's like in week one, you've got like ten offers. It's just. Yeah. I, I mean, so I usually just end up trying to find like an undersized tight end, mm-hmm. and then recruiting them and then moving them over. It's just like oh, it's, just, it's so bad. They recruit them too hard on that game. It's not realistic. I know it's like fullbacks, middle linebackers. Yeah. You you just have zero shot like like unless they like, unless they have you first you yeah. have no shot yeah and it's like oh it's so it's so so bad it's so okay well I'm gonna I'm glad there's another NCAA lo- lover here that that's that's that that's very good um there's some there's some really good NCAA um YouTubers out there that I watch sometimes when I play along it's just okay good good this is this is very good okay good I'm glad I'm glad okay. Let's see. Uh, your favorite musical artist? Big Thirty. You know him? I do not. It's a rapper out of. Uh, he from Memphis, Tennessee. He that's my favorite. Uh, he he kind of popular. I'm surprised you don't know him. That's my favorite as of right now. Okay. And you said his name was what again? Big Thirty. Okay. Well, I have to look him up then. Yeah. It's gonna, it's some music that you just like go like this to the whole time like. You got some speakers in the trunk, and you go like it's like some you ready to play football. Me, so like yeah, like like that, yeah. That okay. So now you lived in Texas for a period of time. So I asked all the Texans this. Now, did you did you ever get into the local rap scene there, like the like the Paul Wall, Zeros, Trade the Truth, those kind of guys? No, they don't no. sound familiar. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, you get a pass. <laughs> you get a pass because you weren't a native Texan. I gave you a pass. I just, I just, I'm just always interested just, just to see who. Okay. Okay. Let's good. see. Um, let's see. Okay. Your, your, your favorite, your favorite food. I like pancakes. That's my favorite. Yeah. I like to go to IHOP. Some good pancakes. Man, some homemade pancakes. I can eat that all day. Every day. Yeah. Okay, now, now, so now, why, now, why are we pancakes over waffles? Oh, that's easy, man. Uh, Waffle House is good for like when it's the only option late night. But if if some a lot of IHOPs ain't twenty four seven no more, but man, like I can do pancakes. I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like I used to go to IHOP for my birthdays growing up. I used to have it for breakfast, lunch, dinner all the time. You know, Waffle House. You can get that three a.m. when you. You know, people don't go to Waffle House all the time. And plus, like, I hope just better. 
It's definitely the best breakfast place of all time. Easy. Yeah. Uh, now, I, and I know you just mentioned that you play into the NCAA on the 360. Now, when you play, if you play modern games, are, are we on the we on the Xbox, the PlayStation, or the PC? PS4. Anything I play that's not uh, NCAA 14, I play PS4. I need to get a okay. PS5. Yeah. Okay. Now, I I just want I bring I ask because only. Three people, to my to my knowledge, so far that I've talked to on the team, are still Team Xbox. That would be your head coach, Coach Doro, mm-hmm. your receivers coach, Coach Curly, <laughs> man, <laughs> and one of the <laughs> one of the putters, both folks. <laughs> Everybody that's else is right. either PC or PlayStation. So, yeah, that's how. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Um, your favorite TV show? Mm. I don't be watching TV like that no more. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of Netflix movies. Really. Uh, I like Last Chance You. So I like Last Chance You. I mean, all American, all the kind of like football stuff on Netflix. I don't really have cable or watch cable too much. So probably Last Chance You, man. I wish they were still coming out with something, man. But probably that or All American. All American on the uh, down. Ever since they found out the like pop situation, it ain't been the same. If you've seen it, yeah, I, I'm not seen it yet. That's something that that that's still on my to do list. So I, I will. Oh. Okay. Uh, you have any pregame routines or rituals that you normally do? Uh, just listen to music. Got some gum, you know. Listen to my favorite music. Get on Snapchat. Uh, just n- nothing too serious, nothing too different. Just kind of the normal deal. I don't like to talk too much. Just listen to music, play on my phone until it's time to get busy, get to work. Yeah. Um, I guess my final. Well, okay, before that, now, do you listen to Little Wayne? Nah. No. Okay. I, know, I know it's vintage, like six foot, seven foot, like. Uh, like stuff everybody knows, but I don't really listen to him too much, to be honest. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I'll, I'll pass that question there. Um, okay, so that's my final question. Would well, I'm final question. Final question would be: uh, Do you have a message for the fans out there about what they can expect to see out of Danny Armstead in a UCLA uniform? You know, you can expect the competitor when the lights turn on. You know, I'm gonna go out there, leave it all on the field. You know. I take pride in just competing when it's time to go and just make plays and just I'm really just eager to just come out and st- I really want to start the season when I get there, you know, just put on the gear, you know, hear the whistle blown and just get to work right away, you know, Hope hopefully the fans come out and everything. I, hope, I, I feel like just all the guys that got there already and already people I've seen come in on Twitter and stuff, UCO is going to be something scary, man. Like, we they definitely gonna be ready to go. Definitely with Coach Doro, him getting his second year in, or yeah. So I I've been on visit with the people that are plan, that plan on coming here. It's gonna be scary for sure. Like y'all gotta come out and watch. Well, Danny, I appreciate you taking time just even to come on and talk to me. Like I said, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what you can do after watching the um, highlight tapes. So I'm uh, wishing you the best of luck, and right. if you ever want to come back on, you're more than welcome to. All right, I'll let you know. Appreciate that, man.
So again, I want to thank Danny for taking time to come on here. Uh, like I said, you know, it is it's tough really getting getting a read on the man simply because the only college film he has is practice film. Uh, and it, as as you, you go over and watch this on the YouTube channel as well, you will see the film in there. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, he's 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 a uh, he's got the size. Uh, he he kind of reminds me somewhat when when I uh, film wise. Uh, to Peyton Lusk, and, uh, uh, you know, Peyton Lusk, unfortunately, he had to mentally retire. I forgot if I mentioned this uh, last episode or not, but yet uh, Peyton Lusk, the son of UCLA Hall of Famer Alton Lusk, has medically retired from the sport of football. Uh, again, he was, Peyton was a guy I had brought on here, and unfortunately, the connection was was bad on my end so the interview unfortunately was not salvageable but it, it was a really good it was a, a really really good interview but i i get similar vibes between um between danny and 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 peyton lusk uh so i'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do because obviously we the only big time receiver loss at the moment is uh john is only fourth so every other major contributor is back, and I'm expecting, obviously, we have Jacob Dell, so I'm expecting Madison Ridgeway have a much better junior season. I know he, he, he battled injuries there, but when he was healthy, boy, you could really see the uh, potential there. So I'm really excited about that unit that Coach James currently has a symbol. I'm sure they will be adding more talents. And um, like I said, we should be back here before the end of the week with another UCO commit. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, AKA JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.